Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. What's up, everyone? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 56 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here again with Larissa, my partner in crime. Uh, where are we, babe? Hi, you guys. Um, we are currently in Borneo Mabul on a beautiful island, um, and we are looking forward to having a chat with you. Very cool. So we've had a very restful day after a few very hectic weeks. Uh, so why, why, what have we actually done today? And what have we actually done for the last couple of weeks? So I'll start off by saying what we've done today because that's probably the easiest. We did absolutely nothing. Like breathing was the most difficult thing we did today. We were um, being lazy and we slept in. We were reading a book. We had a walk on the beach. We just chilled and relaxed and we fell asleep numerous times of the day because our bodies like really seriously needed it I feel yeah definitely so if you guys haven't listened to the previous episode it's episode 55 which is the first episode I had Larissa on so it's kind of my introduction to where we are business wise travel wise motivation wise uh, and in that episode, if you listen to it, we were traveling around the jungles of Borneo, looking at orangutan, proboscis monkeys, monkeying around in Borneo, seeing wild elephants, you know, sleeping in like lodges in the in the jungle with no electricity and no actually no we had electricity but no internet. Yeah. Uh, and then we spent two days uh, at the Sheraton, well three days, uh, really just doing work. And now we're on a small island. Uh, doing some scuba diving and thinking that we were going to do work, but that didn't really work out too well. So we actually came here because we thought this would be perfect to like work for two or three hours in the mornings and then still be by the beach. And obviously Johnny is one of the biggest fans of scuba diving. He absolutely loves it. Um, and we thought, okay, in the afternoons we're going to go dive and I'm going to get certified, which, which we'll talk I about. did, yeah. in a way. <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about that too much. But it didn't work out as planned because... One thing that we didn't factor into account for was the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, so it's the, it's the entrepreneur's dream, the digital nomad's dream to be on a nice island and be able to work, manage your business and say, you know what, let me, let me wake up, you know, work in my store for a few hours, fulfill my orders, answer some emails and then go hang out on the beach or maybe even work from the beach. But guess what? Not possible. Right? We've tried this in so many different places. I've tried this in Bali. I've tried this. People have tried it in the Philippines. Tried it in Thailand. Every beach has crappy Wi-Fi. No matter what they tell you, you can ask the, re- the reception or you can ask the resort before you book. Say, how's your Wi-Fi? Is it good enough to, to Skype? And they all say, yeah, yeah, it's fine. No worries. Because they use it to go onto social media or like Facebook or something. And they're not concerned if it takes 10 minutes to load all their pictures onto Facebook because there's not like any concern to do get to it like as soon as possible. So for them, it really is good Wi-Fi. But when you want to try and actually get something done, it doesn't look like the photos that they have on Google of like a guy lying on the beach and like working so relaxed. You kind of want to bash your head against the <laughs> computer and like make it work or make it speed up. So we have two travel hacks that allow you to do it slightly better but still not perfectly. 
The first one is always have a 3G SIM card backup. Uh, I got one by a local company called Maxis and it works better sometimes and sometimes it doesn't work at all either. So, but at least we have a second option once in a while. But what's really helped is just waking up at 6 a.m and doing all, everything I need to do before everyone else wakes up. So it sucks, you're on holiday and you're like, well, I wanna want sleep in and chill out, but you know what? At the end of the day, I'd still rather have to wake up at 6 a.m., fulfill my orders, and, you know, and not have two, two weeks off to not, you know, not check dinner at all, than to only have two weeks vacation every year, which is what most people do. And you literally, babe, in the morning, I slept in, by the way, um, and Johnny woke up at six, and by seven or half past seven, I would get up, and then he was done. He would be playing Mushroom Wars, or <laughs> like, yeah. looking at like cat videos on YouTube, and then I'm like, okay, he's done. So he basically worked an hour in the mornings. Yeah, so that's what's nice about having an online business, some kind of, some kind of location to man business, that you can kind of put on autopilot, Trust me, my, my business is not growing while I'm here, uh, but it's there's no fires, nothing's you know nothing can destroy. I'm still making some money uh, passively, and you know, and the goal is to make enough just to break even for the trip. Because as soon as we get back to Chiang Mai, that's when the building begins, and that's when we're really going to start trying, trying to make more money again. And I'm actually like I was telling Johnny yesterday, I was like I'm having so much fun. I'm loving this holiday. It's probably the best trip I've had. One of the best trips I've had in my whole life. Like so many amazing things that I've seen on this trip that I've never experienced before. But there's now the like, there's a little part of me creeping back in that's like I'm excited to go back, even though it's in a week time. But I'm like looking forward to getting back and just putting my head down and just working. So I think that's what's so good about this as well, because when you go back, you'll be so focused, you'll be completely re-energized, and you wouldn't want to have a holiday because you don't feel like you need one because we've, ha we've had a break for four weeks now. Yeah, and especially today, when we basically just laid in a hammock, or so, so we spent first half the morning laying a beanbag upstairs uh, in kind of like the lounge area reading a book, and then we switched over the hammock on our balcony. And after today, I'm, I have so much energy. I feel well rested. My brain's shut off, and I'm I'm like, well, you know what? When I do, let me enjoy the rest of this week because we just we have one week left. Yep. And when we get back, time to work, time to time to really build. Yep. But so you mentioned earlier that you got uh, scuba certified. You got your open, <laughs> open water. Open water. <laughs> to me, that actually that's a huge accomplishment for for everyone. Oh mm -hmm. uh, tell us about it. So it was a big surprise. I've always wanted to become an open water certified scuba diver. I've always wanted to go scuba diving. I remember as a young, a little girl, I was about 10 or 11, um, going to Mozambique with my dad and his friends when he still was diving. And I just thought it was absolutely amazing that they got the opportunity to be fishing and go underwater and experience all these things. Um, I unfortunately never had the opportunity to do it. I'm from Johannesburg and um, I never went down like, to the coastline to do it. And a little bit of it's fear as well. I think I, I was a little bit scared. Um, but Johnny surprised me on this trip and he didn't even give me the option. He just came to me he's like, baby, you're doing your certification on this trip. And he bought me an absolutely amazing gift. So we first, luckily, we did a discovery dive together, which was... I would, if you haven't dived at all before and you are considering doing an open water certification, I definitely, if you can, do a discovery dive first because it just, it will tell you if you're comfortable in the setting, if you are going to enjoy it. It gives you a little bit of an introduction to what you are going to learn over three or four days. Um, but overall, 
ups and downs are an amazing experience and I saw absolutely uh, things that I never expected to see. So on your first dive yep. ever, what did you see? And I, don't, I think, n how many people get to see this on their first dive? I don't know, but I just felt like, oh my God, that's insane. I saw the biggest um, green turtle that I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was beautiful and literally I, I just I didn't have words. I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. I can't believe I'm underwater. And there's this massive turtle that's literally, okay, so I'm 165 and those t the green turtles are like one and a half meters. So they really are about my size. So that they're like five feet plus. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they're big. And this was on my first dive. And that's, I think, one of the things that was like, oh yes, I'm doing this. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do the whole course because I definitely wanna be able to dive. So this is a, a travel hack for anyone that wants to learn how to scuba dive. Uh, so I worked as an instructor for a while, but even when I first started, I accidentally fell into this travel hack where you basically, instead of signing up for the open water course, you sign up for the one day discover dive. And it's gonna be, you know, a th let's say half the price or a third of the price of the actual course. So it may seem like a waste of money to get that and then the open water, which is why no one ever does it this way. But what you don't know is most dive centers, they want you to upgrade so what often what they would do is built into their pricing policy, if you spend, you know, let's say $120 for the Discover Dive and you want to do the open water straight afterwards, you don't have to pay the whole price for the you know, open water certification anymore. You just pay the difference. So you basically uh, get the Discover Dive for free. And one of the reasons like you really want to do this. When we did our discovery dive, or when I did mine, there was another girl who did it with me. And the, obviously the intention was that it's going to be the two of us and the instructor of the day, and we're going to be diving together. And without me even noticing, I went under water, um, I descended, and I, I didn't even notice, but the girl wasn't around anymore. And after an hour of diving, we came up, and it was her ears were giving problems. She couldn't um, equalize her ears, and she had pain in her ears. And luckily she signed up for the discovery dive first because if she just committed and she was like, well, I'm gonna do this three day open water certif certification, there was no way she's gonna get all her money back. They're not gonna just be like, well, I'm sorry, your ears are giving you problems. Here's your money back. She would have wasted a she day wasted in the classroom. Some, yeah, a day in the classroom because you have to learn the theory first. So you have to know a little bit about like, um, the emergency sets what you need to obviously know before you can go in the water. Mm -hmm. But so it's not just her money, but it would have been her time that's been wasted as well. Yeah, definitely. So highly recommend that. The only downside to that is you need an extra day. But I think of it as, you know, th there's two types of people in the world. There's one who <clears throat> time is limited <clears throat> and there's other people we have the freedom of time. So as a location independent entrepreneur or digital nomad, or a you know long-term traveler, we have the luxury of time, which actually saves us money in the, in the long run and a lot of things. The people that they have two weeks vacation a year, they are so, I mean, time is so precious to them that they are willing to spend more money to do things. And you know what, they end up spending more money to do things. So, you know, if you're here, you know, if you're, tra if you're traveling for a week, you know what, unfortunately, you're not gonna have time to do an extra day. Uh, even though it is better. And it's a lot of information. Like, I, I was really excited at first, and then you go and sit down in the classroom where they actually teach you the theory first. So it's one day where you don't even go in the water at all. You're just in a classroom watching DVDs and learning some theory mm -hmm. and writing tests. 
and you feel a little bit overwhelmed at the end of the day. You are tired by the end of each day because it's everything is new. Like for me, I've never been exposed to any of these things before. It's all new. So by the end of those three days, you are exhausted. Yep. Like but wasn't you really it, are tired. Wasn't the theory much better after you've actually been diving, you've actually seen the equipment, you've actually experienced it? I think I would have had like a, a miniature panic attack if I just heard all of these words, these like things I've never heard about before and I couldn't place them anywhere because I haven't seen the equipment, I haven't worn it, I haven't gone underwater but luckily because I did the discovery dive first I knew exactly what they were talking about in the theory class. It was so much more, I could understand everything, I could comprehend it a lot easier and that made the tests easier, everything went smoother for me. Yeah, so you guys heard it here from an, a former scuba diving instructor and someone who just went through the course. A scuba baby. <laughs> yep. De uh, definitely 100% do the discovery dive first and then do your open water course. Um, and don't try to, to do too much work when you're out here on vacation. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, this island is beautiful. Uh, it's, um, it's breathtaking. It really is absolutely gorgeous. Um, the weather, it's extremely hot, like you can literally not spend more than 10 minutes in the sun though because I've seen so many people who actually look like lobsters and then I ask them, did you apply any sunscreen? They're like, yep, four times today. <laughs> <laughs> like, just doesn't work, yeah. It's extremely hot, but the island itself is beautiful. So the one side of the island where we are, it's absolutely gorgeous. You walk on and it's um, these beautiful resorts. Um, white sand beach. White sand beach and little huts outside where you can lie and just watch the sunset and you see all the boats, the scuba boats, so it's really beautiful. And then on our left side are a lot of the locals <laughs> who, where it looks completely different. Do you want to tell yeah, us? Yeah, so they're the Baja community, uh, which they're technically, they're not really Filipino, they're not really Malaysian. They were the sea gypsies that you know, lived, and you might have seen um, like a Discovery Channel or like a BBC documentary about the sea gypsies who lived on the ocean and a lot of them, their eyes actually developed so they can, they can see better underwater than they can on land. Just because they spent so much time free diving and you know just just hunt, like hunting for fish, and they had didn't like they didn't have fishing poles or nets really, so they would you know literally jump in the water. You know they didn't have goggles or anything, so there's you know they would there was, I remember one I watched. Uh, it was I think it was in the like amazing you know there's Amazing Planet yep. documentary. There's one that was Amazing People, like Amazing Humans, and it showed a guy who would <laughs> literally. To tie some rocks around his waist, jump in the water, walk on the coral on the bottom of the sea, and grab a fish and come up. Well, you, I could completely see that happening because mm -hmm. these kids are hardly walking and they are all alone in a boat in the ocean. Like, no safety gear, nothing. The smallest boat. I, like, mean, I wouldn't even say it's a boat. They're butt naked. They're like, literally, I'm not lying, four or five years old. Yeah and they are going back to the town. And I was so surprised, I was completely shocked when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine how many kids or how many accidents happen here. Because when we came in and we had to take um, a boat from Samporna, the little town, to the island, we, caught, we got caught in the rain. And it was a storm and it was, like a lighter side storm but we were the other day we were here and it came pouring down with rain without any warning so you could it literally is the one moment it's sunshine and the next you are drowning in water uh, and if you're on yeah. one of those boats with those kids on you are gone like there's absolutely no way you would survive that storm so this is episode 
56 uh, of the Chop Like a Boss podcast. I'll put some photos. We're going to spend the day, maybe later today or tomorrow, walk around the island, taking pictures of the locals, taking pictures of the naked kids. I don't know if I can put that up. But, um, and you guys can see, you know, how different the, the life and culture is. Uh, and these, these, you know, these sea gypsies, they don't have passports. They don't have, you know, they're yep. basically living on this island in Malaysia. They can't go back to the Philippines. There's all the, you know, there's all this controversy of, you know, do they belong here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically the government just leaves them alone because they don't know where to put them. Uh, and it's, it's very interesting to be here. And it's these two completely different worlds, literally separated by a meter, where like everyone on the island who comes and scuba dive is everyone who's like for conservation of all these beautiful ocean life and there's signs everywhere saying save the sharks and what can you do to contribute to saving this marine life and literally a meter away from us like across from us they don't care about those things but because that's their livelihood and anything they could possibly fish for that's just yeah. another source of like you know it's yeah, food if they, if they it's, can kill it, eat it you know they, they'll do it yeah. Yeah. so it's a completely different worlds but what's crazy is so they, I read the studies from her where they figured the um, so if, if someone let's say you, you kill a manta ray or if you kill a, a cool looking shark the amount of money you get for that manta ray, that big, you know, that big creature, yep. might be, let's say, $100. And, and it's usually actually a lot less. Mm-hmm. It, it usually, they might only get like $40 for it or something. Yep. But the lifetime value of that, that sea creature for tourism yep. is worth $7,000 per animal, they yep. said. Or sometimes more. Sometimes, I think for a manta ray, it's like 70000 or something. Don't, mm-hmm. don't quote me on that. But it's <laughs> a lot more because if you think about it, that one manta ray, Everyone talks about, they take photos of it, they mm-hmm. go home, they tell their friends. Uh, their friends book a holiday out here, they spend two grand on this holiday. Mm-hmm. They tell their friends and you know, over a seven year or 10 year lifespan of a sea creature, that's a lot of money they're bringing in. And one example I've seen firsthand uh, is right off the jetty here. Uh, and by the way, you can dive. The reason why we like Malbol, so if you guys want to check out the, the actual dive center, it's called Scuba Junkie. I'll have a link to it in the, the show notes. Mm-hmm. But right off the jetty, you can literally walk off the pier and go diving and see turtles and reef, you know. spotted rays. Yeah, and tons of cool fish. I mean, like literally pages of fish. That's where I saw everything that I saw because my discovery dive was right off the jetty. I saw saw green turtle, I saw trumpet fish, I saw um, crocodile flatheads, I saw angelfish I saw <laughs> butterfly fish I saw literally everything so basically it's like an aquarium it was it's yeah. like and but one thing that is no longer here and that I'm really sad about is there used to be a big school of squid right on one of the sinking uh, sunken boats just 10 or 12 meters deep and it was so beautiful just to lay there and just watch these squid you know school around and swim around you you it really felt like you were in the middle of the ocean and they're not I, I used to, yeah, I used to go there every day for six months and, and watch them. I mean, every time I had a new student, I'd bring them down there and I'd tell them to kind of just, you know, kneel down in the sand or, or like lay, lean back and take a look up. And it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they're no longer there. And it, all it took was one fisherman to swipe a net. Yep. And out of those squid, they probably got maybe $30 for it. 
And those guys would probably make the best tour guides. Like if I could pay anyone to take me out in the ocean, it would be one of them because yeah. they would know exactly where to take me. They know the, the ocean better than anyone else. But unfortunately, that mentality is not there. It's like a very, let's think of the now. Yep. It's not about let's and think the, of the what's crazy thing make is money. they could have probably made $30 per tourist to take them on a snorkeling tour or to work as a boat captain for a dive company and show them, you know, and guarantee these amazing Do they speak English? Things. A lot like, of them don't. Oh, okay. And I mean, and but I would say that's the problem. But you know what, the boat captains that, that drive the, the boats for the dive shop don't really speak English either. Yep. And a lot of the, the crew here doesn't. And what, what I actually really like about this island uh, or this company is they started hiring a lot of local staff. Uh, not as just, you know, they, okay, so one guy I met, um, he came up to me and he's like, hey, Johnny, do you remember me? And honestly, I didn't really remember him, but he... Does everyone know you used to work here? Yeah. So, so oh, actually, yeah. So I used to work here a few years ago. Uh, and we're actually here for the 10-year anniversary of, of this company being around. Uh, so it was a, a two-day party. Uh, the party was actually last night. It was super fun. Yep. Uh, a live band a barbecue on the beach yeah it, it was great and but we decided they're like hey if we're gonna come here anyways let's stay an extra 10 days and let's really enjoy some diving let's get Lewis certified and that was her early christmas present um so if you guys ever want you know or thinking like what should you get your girlfriend for for a present you know you can buy her an lv handbag or you can buy her a lifetime of experience yeah. because that's really what it is baby like and i kept telling johnny i was like this has changed my world and it's something that no one has ever gotten me something that's this special because i can carry this with me for the rest of my life this is literally buying me lifetime experiences and just amazing memories and it's also opening a new door for us because now we can start you know going on dive holidays together and even if you know, she wants to spend every other day laying on the beach and just reading. You know, at least I don't feel bad saying, hey, let's go somewhere for 10 days and just go diving. Mm -hmm. uh, because I can go diving, diving all 10 days and she can still come along when she wants to and enjoy it. So as a couple, I think this is a great present to give people if this is what you, um, you know, it's, if you're kind of struggling to think what should you get your partner. Mm. A diving certification, spot on. Yep. All right. So, uh, this guy that you met, you were telling us the story about the locals who were working. Yeah, so I met this guy. He, you know, was you know he was a dive master now, and he just got back from I from Sipidan Island, which is this permitted only island that nobody can live on. Uh, they they actually had some resorts on there five years ago, which they took down, and they said, you know what, we're conserving this island. No one's allowed to live here anymore, and now they limit the amount of divers that go every day. It is one of the most beautiful places in the world. It's definitely a top 10 dive site in the world. Um, it's the best I've ever seen. People basically compare Sipidin to Galapagos or to Komodo. And the people that work here actually, they know, they know kind of the inside diving places. Uh, everyone knows, you know, the Great Barrier Reef or uh, the blue hole, you know, these kind of common places that you see in magazines or in news articles, but places like Sipidan are actually much better than them. They're not as famous out, you know, to non-divers, but at the end of the day, who do you care about? Do you care about 
you know, non-divers, a CNN reporter telling you what the best dive sites are? Or do you care about a dive instructor who's had a thousand dives across the world and they've been to all the places and they say no? Like, trust me, you know, Galapagos, Sipadan, these are the best. I actually literally, I was like wondering if Sipadan is like a drug or something when I just got here because I literally didn't know what it was. And every single person we met, one of the first questions they asked me was like, are you doing Sipadan? And I'm like, <laughs> is it legal? Is it illegal? Like, what exactly are we talking about? And feeling like an idiot because I didn't know. I, like, I kind of asked Johnny on the side, I'm like, what the hell is Sipadan? Yeah. And he's like, you'll find out. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be an expensive drug for what? Uh, but so, what I was say was this guy, he's now dive master and he's taking people to Sipadan every day. And these, these uh, tourists are paying $300 a day to go there. And his job before, he was a security guard when I was here. Two and a half years ago, I was working on this island, literally meters behind us. And he was working as a security guard, you know, probably getting paid very, very little money. And, you know, not having the greatest job in the world. So Scuba Chunky has literally changed his life. Yeah, I mean, he, but what, he changed his own life. Yep. And here's the thing is... He, there's no way he would have got he would have got the upgrade just because he's Malaysian. I'm sure it kind of helped, you know, because they wanted more Malay staff, local staff. But at the end of the day, he proved himself as a trustworthy, yep. you know, responsible worker, and he grew within the ranks. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, that, you know, it, there's there's two ways to get ahead in in life. You can either become an entrepreneur and start your own business, or you can be the best worker you can be. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you're not ready to be an entrepreneur and you want to have a career and work somewhere, why not Why not do it well? Yep, and this was probably the most logical next step for him to take as like going from a security guard and he's like, well, I want to become a dive master. Like the best logical thing would probably be get in with one of the best companies on like in your area, like on the islands. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, so, I mean... Grant Cardone talks about this a lot, so we're big fans of... Yep, we love <laughs> Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone should start listening to this show. <laughs> like, we uh, we'll, are obsessed with him. I am. So, for those who don't know, he wrote a book called The 10X Rule and Sell or Be Sold. Um, basically, he's a sales trainer, and he... He's not a sales trainer. Yeah. He's the best sales <laughs> trainer in the world. He is what you think of when you think of sales. Yep. And he's done a great job marketing himself as that. Uh, and what we like about him is even though we're not in sales but technically everyone is everyone is in sales there's no such thing as you can never say that you are not in sales because no matter where you go in the world you are selling yourself yourself, you're selling your product you're selling whatever but you are always in sales so you can always learn from someone who is the best in sales and sorry Johnny so no no so one of the biggest takeaways that he he mentions is there's only two ways to make a lot of money. He's like, if you want to be a millionaire, if you want to, if you want to do well in life, you either, like, you either need to go into business for yourself, uh, become an entrepreneur, or you need to have a performance-based job. So commission job, a sales job, yep. something where, you know, the amount of work you put in directly translates to yes. the amount of money you get paid. Uh, and that's why he's, you know, he's a sales trainer because he's like, you know what? be in sales sell something you are in a job where you're earning a set salary and there's absolutely no chances or opportunities for you to double your income or triple your income because you are performing then you got to leave that job that's basically what he's saying so i would take that actually a step further so for like let's say you're the guy in the security uh position i would say you know what set goals and say within six months i want to have my income doubled by 
changing positions. I don't want to be security guard forever, but what I'm gonna do for the next six months, I'm gonna do my job 100%. I'm gonna be good, as good as possible, and then tell my boss, say, hey, what else uh, can I do? Mm -hmm. What else can I do to help you make money so I can make money? Mm -hmm. And I, so whatever you're doing right now in your current career, if you're not ready to start your own business and kind of go off on your own, uh, just don't waste your time sitting around you know, <laughs> reading my blog while you're at work. Right? Instead of actually do something, either either kick ass at your job, start a business, or you know, or at least plan it out. I mean, do something. Grant Cardone is all about taking actions, and I mean, like his book that I absolutely love, the the 10x rule, is all about doing everything in action. Time 10. Whatever the average person would do to get ahead, you're gonna do 10x that. You're gonna. 10 times your actions because you won't get ahead any other way. He's like, you don't get lucky in life, you get there because you've worked your ass off and you actually, you know, put in the effort. Yeah, so the, the two key points of the book is one is set goals 10 times bigger and mm -hmm. the second is work 10 times harder to get there. And if you asked me three, four years ago, that was actually very opposite of my mentality. My mentality was, you know, get by on the cheap, do as little work as possible. And my first book, 12 Weeks in Thailand, <laughs> is all about that, living on a budget. And actually, if you're interested in scuba diving or living on the cheap and, and uh, budgeting around, read that book. Yep. Because that entire book is about me, you know, figuring that out for four years, how to, how to live and travel for free, um, me working as a dive instructor and as a dive master, and, you know, having that mentality. And I, I wouldn't change anything. You know, I would say that those first four years, I don't know if I'd want to make it the full four years. If I could have done that in like, let's say two or three, maybe that would have been a better use of my time. But I really enjoyed these experiences. I got, you know, to dive in some cool places in the world. You know, I've had over 800 dives and, you know, I got to really experience kind of like the college life of a traveler. Um, so I wouldn't change it, but I'm glad I moved on. I definitely think there's a time and a place for those experiences as well. Because I did the same thing. I quit my job back at home and I moved to Thailand to become an English teacher, which is definitely not going to make you a millionaire any time in this lifetime or the next or the one after. But if it wasn't for that initial step and that action to go and live on the cheap in Thailand as an English teacher, I would have never exposed myself to the people that I've met. I would never have learned about these opportunities. So I needed that. I needed to live on the cheap for a year in order to be exposed to all of these things. I think it's about keeping the mentality that mm -hmm. I don't want this for the rest of my life. Yep. And here's the sad thing is two and a half year, years later, I'm back here in the exact same spot. And probably half the people that I worked with two and a half years ago are still living here and they're still doing the exact same thing. Uh, and I Which think there's nothing the, wrong with if yeah. you love it. I think a lot of them do really love diving and they really enjoy mm -hmm. you know, teaching diving or, you know, or guiding. So I'm, you know, it's so for them, I think it's, you know what, it's cool, right? But I think for a lot of people, they feel stuck and they don't really know any other options. And they say, they're like, oh, I wish I could do something differently, Definitely. but I can't. But in reality, you can. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me personally, it's, I'm like, so now, you know, we're, we're here as guests, you know, so we're, you know, we're getting a, a discount because we, I used to work here and it was that for the party, but we're still paying guests, you know, and we are staying in the guest accommodations, which are these great rooms, the nice yep. balcony and a hammock. And I just showed Larissa where I used to stay, which was, you know, 
you know, not that far away. It's like 30 meters away. It's just on the other side of the, of the dining hall. And there's these old crappy rooms with a mattress on the floor and shared bathrooms. shared bathrooms that are outside. So you literally have to walk out across the sand into a shared bathroom. And you know what? When you're 20 and it's your first time traveling, it's it's normal. It's very normal. But you know, if you're and it's fun, and it's fun. but if you're, I would say if you're 28 or 30, you know, when you're 30, late 20s to 30s, and especially there's some people here that are 40s or even higher. But 50s. I'm 26, and I definitely don't want, not, especially now that I've been exposed to the other end. Like I have lived in the nicer accommodations, and I have done all of those things with you. Like there's absolutely no way I want to do that anymore. I don't want to do the shared accommodations and the shared toilets, unfortunately. And especially I think for everyone's different, but from a girl's perspective, it's just not fun. Yeah, and it's and it's not healthy, mentally healthy, to mm-hmm. share a room with somebody when you're in your mid twenties or thirties. Right? Well, not for two years. Yeah, and definitely not. For a week, it's fine if you're traveling, but yeah, if it's like a hotel room, you're just there for a few days. It's you know that's fun, right? It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're living in a place, you, you need to have your own space, you know. So, uh, but it did sound like a great idea. So if you if you read that first book, Twelve Weeks in Thailand, you know I kind of talk about my experience of living, you know, on the cheap in these budget places, and I loved it, you know. But the day I decided, I re- you know I was like, I'm not happy anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. That's the day that you need to to move on. But the thing is, when you say, like, living on the cheap in Thailand, it's so different from living on the cheap in the States or in South Africa or somewhere else in the world. Because you can still kind of live like a king or queen in Thailand with X amount of money. That wouldn't take you anywhere in the States. Because you can still get really good food. You can still get relatively good accommodation. You can still do everything you need to with a lot less money. But I almost feel like... So living on the cheap doesn't mean that you, like... Yep. Oh my God! I'm living in the slumps, and yeah. like, you know, this is awful. I, like by living in the cheap, we, we mainly mean you know you have you have a very basic room, yep. like a very like a very very basic room with um, that you know you wouldn't really be proud to bring anyone back to, <laughs> or and you know, you know it's not the most comfortable place in the world. But you know what? When you're bootstrapping, you're starting out. Yep. They're they're perfectly fine. I'd, I'd rather live in Thailand on a six hundred dollar a month budget than live in the U.S. on a thousand dollar a month budget because my quality of life would be better in Thailand. That, that's that's for sure. But uh, you know, things change so quickly. It's, it's it's almost insane. It's like literally, you know, exactly two and a half years later. I was here last May thirty first, two thousand twelve, and. I only know that because I haven't used my dive computer since then. So I took a look at my my last dive, and I realized I was like, "Wow, it's it's really you know it's it's been that long, but it also kind of feels short." But I've changed so much. Like in this last year, even like I, I feel like I finally grown up, and I finally figured out who I am, what I want to do, what makes me happy. Uh, and if you if you haven't you know heard that whole story, you can read it in the book. Life changes quick. And you know, in that book, I kind of really documented how I finally figured all this stuff out, and how how you guys can do it as well. So that's kind of the whole point of uh, you know of of ha- writing that book is so everyone else can learn from my mistakes and use it as a, a tool and a guideline to get ahead. And so I've obviously read the book um, as soon as Johnny finished it, and it's definitely like not a travel book like your first one. I didn't get much like I read the first one, but for me personally, I was in Thailand, so didn't get much out of that one. 
but the second one life changes quick like I've, I literally closed the book and I felt so motivated I was already in Thailand and I was like <laughs> I need to get my shit together <laughs> and start working on a business and so I just felt so motivated so if that's maybe the one thing you are lacking at the moment or you were a little bit like still in that place of being fearful like read this book it's gonna help you get out of that that zone into a confidence zone and to, just to start taking small actions at least yeah so if you're already living in Thailand or location dependent then read life changes quick if you're still working a cubicle job and you're like well I'm scared to move to Thailand I'm scared if I don't have money or what? yeah and you're worried about money then read 12 weeks in Thailand um, and you know it kind of worked out perfectly like that mm-hmm. uh, so as far as scuba diving what has that taught you if anything about about you know business entrepreneurship life because I, I know any kind of difficult experience um, that, that pushes you, makes you grow, teaches you more than just just what it was intended to. Okay. So I've mentioned this so many times before, <laughs> and Johnny also knows. Like I used to I get so anxious so quickly. Unfortunately, in life, like the smallest things tend, ha, used to tend to freak me out quite a bit. I've changed a lot. I've worked through it all. But the same thing happened now. Taking the scuba diving course. I mean. Anyone who, who suffers from a little bit of anxiety will know, please don't strap anything around my chest. Don't throw me in the ocean in, in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to get nervous. And the one thing that goes out of control is your breathing first. And what's the most important thing while scuba diving is obviously your breathing for your air. And to be honest, on that, we did the theory on the first day. I was fine with that, obviously, it's in the classroom. But you're already feeling overwhelmed. It's a lot of information. A lot of it's all the emergency exit stuff, which is not the fun stuff to learn about at, at all because you don't want to think about what can go wrong underwater 80 meters down. And on the second day, we did a lot of skills. And it's nerve-wracking. Nerve I mean, you've never been in this situation before. You are underwater. We're not supposed to be there. Like, it's unnatural. You don't, it doesn't feel natural, natural from the get-go. And, like, I'll admit, like, I was literally to the point where I was like, oh, my gosh, do I want to do this? Like, is it meant for me? Like, maybe I'm just not a scuba diver. Maybe I, this is just one of those things I should push aside. But luckily, I took the evening. I relaxed. I was reading a little bit. Um, we had a nice meal. We had a nice dinner together and the next day I woke up feeling better at first I was really confident and then we made our way out to the jetty and that same fear kicked back in and it kicked in 10x it was like kicking me under the butt and I was like I just thought I'm not going to be able to do this today I'm going to have a panic attack underwater and not a drown but it's just going to be embarrassing and I just don't want to do it and luckily I have an amazing partner in life that who is so supportive and it makes such a big difference like Johnny was motivating me and just telling me the one thing he said he was like go jump in the water and at least swim a lap in the ocean well there's like these all these um, <laughs> the, whole ocean. You know, the whole ocean Larissa and if you can do that you qualified <laughs> um, but they have like these what do you call it like cones like a like a boys, for boys. The, to keep the boats out and he's like do one of those laps and if you can do that then you can push through the day and I'll say what, what we can learn from that is taking that first step. Uh, anytime there's something yep. scary, just take one step. Even so, if it's something so small, like I had no scuba gear on, I had nothing. It, just as long as you do something. Well, that's what I mean. That's what life is. is you strip it down to the, to the bare minimum and you say, okay, what's the, the smallest step I can take? Uh, and just take that step. So for, let's say, starting an online business, you can say, well... What's the first thing I can do? Maybe I can register a business name. You know, or I can start Anton's course. Or yeah, 
You know, I can sign up for, the, for a course. I can announce, you know, I can announce my goals. I can announce a challenge. I can do something. I can t- I take one step, yep. right? Uh, I can sign up for Shopify and, and, and just look around and see uh, how it works, you know? And take, taking that first step and then with scuba diving, it was basically saying, you know what, forget the scuba diving gear, just go for swim in the ocean. And if you can do that, and you're already wet, you're already yeah. in the motion, it becomes a million times easier. And one thing you said, baby, that really stuck with me and that I should remember for like future events and stuff is I already, when we were walking down that journey, I felt defeated. I, like I was walking with my shoulders forward and I was like looking down and my, my mind, I was already, I, I failed. Like I haven't even gotten to the water and I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. I've, I'm just, I'm going to give up. And Johnny said to me, he's like, just remember whatever your, your, how you carry yourself and your body language is so important because that goes right into your mind and it determines whether or not you are going to be successful. And he said to me, put back your shoulders and like, pick yourself up and be confident and tell yourself you can do this. And it, it was hard. It's not easy. It sounds so silly and it sounds like something so small. But it made such a big difference. Like just pulling up my shoulders and like telling myself, like you've got this. Like so many other people have done this. I'm not the first one. Like you know, take just be proud and know that you are not defeated. You can do this. That made such a big difference, baby. I promise you. You know what? And and this is you know something that's kind of hard to talk about on on a podcast. But body language and the confidence that you show, you know, kind of to yourself. Uh, really does translate to everything else you do in life. Like even right now, when I'm sitting here, um, you know, recording this podcast, I'm trying to sit straight. I'm trying to sit with good posture because I know that if I start slouching and I start, you know, getting lazy, then that comes off, you know, on the podcast. You know, people ask why am I? Why do I always sound so energetic? And it's because I. You always. <laughs> it's part of it is, you know, I force my body to, to you know, be. In that confident state you know I always have good posture I always sit right mm-hmm. you know I always try to exercise try to eat healthy and that's how you get energy it's not you know by drinking Red Bulls I haven't had Red Bull in you know two years yep. uh, so congratulations on picking yourself up you know putting your shoulders back walking confidently telling yourself you can do it taking that first step and then completing the open water yep. course and thank you mr. Jane thank you mm-hmm. all right so now you know you're scuba certified, and now we, for this rest of the week, we can go on some really cool fun dives. Yep. So we're really excited about that. Um, you're probably not going to get to hear too much about that because next week we're going to get back to normal business and normal entrepreneurs. So don't worry, this isn't becoming the uh, Larissa and Johnny show. Um, <laughs> but it's been great having my partner here and you know having someone support me, but also we support each other. You know, and that's why I'm so excited that we have a new Udemy course up. Uh, so our first one, Small Talk, that actually has a section on body language in it. So if you wanted to check that out, uh, I'll have a link to that. And by our new course, Relationship Ready, we actually haven't really had time <laughs> to launch it. We, we put it up um, right before we, we came here. Or actually, no, while we were here, we, we kind of put it up live. Uh, but we haven't did any marketing. We haven't announced it yet. I've been really excited and I've wanted to work on it so badly, but unfortunately here on the island with our Wi-Fi, it's been a headache. Just every morning I'll load it up and I get so excited to start with it because it's something that I really love and I do want to get it out there to the world, but unfortunately at the moment it's not happening. Yeah, just because the internet's too slow, but you know, it's one of those cool things that 
It doesn't. It almost doesn't matter if we launch it this week or if we wait two weeks to launch it. And what's also great about these courses is they become they're forever. I mean, they they become a passive income. So small talk came out three months ago now, and we still make sales for it almost every day. Every day, I would say. Every like yeah, especially like you know now that we really kind of figured out the marketing for it, and we've gotten so many good reviews and so much good feedback, we make sales every day for it. While we're underwater, yeah. you know. So when I go scuba diving or when I go to sleep, and I and I you know and I check my phone next, I I always have another Udemy sale and another store. Uh, Shopify. Uh, yeah, like a Shopify notification saying, "We want you to drop shipping stores, made a new sale," and it's that's such a cool feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I want everyone else to have too. Is you guys be able to do these cool things and basically just get paid for it passively. Um, so I would say, you know what, try out a Udemy course. If you have something that you can teach and you want to go through, um, you know, the procedure, it's, it's you know, it wasn't, the, it's not like an overnight thing. It, it really is a business. And it's a thing that, you know, it probably won't become your main source of income, but it's a great passive income source. It depends how you look at it. There's a lot of people who make tons of money off of Udemy but then you need to be an instructor at heart you need to actually love what what you are teaching Hmm. and it also obviously depends on on the niche that you choose to go into yeah I definitely agree with that so you know if you know programming like let's say you know how to program in iOS 8 you know Swift you can and you can charge $300 for the course you will make a killing yep Uh, but I'm not a programmer I have no idea how to you know how to how to make iPhone apps so that's not something we can do. Uh, so the kind of stuff that, that we do is, you know, is more of the social things, which both Lewis and I have a background in and we're super interested in. And it's a great source of passive income, which allows us to make some money while we work on our dropshipping stores that we know we can make money from. And I literally didn't see it as like, in the beginning when we started making it, I saw this as like a hobby. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I absolutely love doing this. It wasn't the intention of let's make millions off of this. But it's always a bonus when you do. <laughs> yeah, so one thing you guys can do is, I know a lot of people, they don't have the money to, to buy Anton's course. It's $1,000, it's a lot of money. Yep. It's worth it because it'll pay yourself back the first month you start making sales. So no, for most people, it takes about two months to start making sales in your store. But then that third month, you've made over a thousand in profit, so that pays for the course already. But I know it's hard if you don't have a thousand dollars in the bank already, and you don't want to put on your credit card. So what? Why not create a Udemy course? It doesn't cost any money to start one. Uh, and uh, there's definitely everyone's got a skill that they can teach on Udemy. Yeah, there's definitely. so many courses, and if you have no idea where to start, go onto Udemy, browse the categories, go look at each section, look at what the other courses are. I guarantee you, you are going to find something that you're like, something. I know how to do that. And a lot of the courses are very expensive, like three, four hundred dollars. Not everyone has that amount of money, so you could definitely make a course with the same information, like the same knowledge skill. I would say teaching the same skill set, and if you want to like either price it less or you know. yeah I would say like definitely try to find a unique niche that no one else yep. has done first but what you can also do is you can what Larissa is talking about is making like a basic version of a course so let's say you know a little bit about making an iPhone app but you don't want to teach a whole course on iOS you know iOS 8 and Swift and charge $400 for it uh, you want to make you know how to upload your your app to the iTunes app store 
and that like could a be a beginner's blogger course. Yeah, or like it's there's a lot of things that people need a beginner. There's a lot of beginners out there that just they don't want to buy, invest in a five hundred dollar course unless they've tasted the waters. They want to just see like the surface of it all. Exactly. Thing. So if you guys have no idea what a Unity course is, or if you're interested in taking our relationship ready course or a small talk course, uh, we've have we have coupons up for you guys on the show notes, uh, episode fifty six. And we're giving you the guys the course for ten bucks, just so you guys can see what's inside of it. And if you guys like it, please do leave a nice review. Yep. Um, but you know, hopefully this will give you some ideas on what a Udemy course is, uh, and you know, kind of what it looks like on the back end of it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's about it, right? I mean, this this week's been fun. We relaxed. We got six more days of scuba diving. Uh, sorry, I haven't been updating my blog or my Facebook, Twitter too much, but. Definitely do keep a touch on there. Um, and when we get back to Checkmate next week, heads down, back to work, you know. Crushing life. Crushing <laughs> life, interviews as normal. <laughs> so, Larissa, thank you for being a guest on the show. Baby, thank you so much for having me again. I love it. All right, see you guys. See you. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.